Hi, Yoko. Hi, Kate. This is episode... Is it 23 or 24? I'm going to say both. This is episode 23. This is episode 24. <laughs> so where are you from? <laughs> we'll edit out which one was wrong. Yeah. Or we'll keep both. We're funny. We'll keep both because that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, because we don't know what we're doing. We yeah, don't know. Whatever. How you been doing, Yoko? I've been pretty good. I... I've been, yeah, I don't know. I, I, why am I not ready to answer that question? I don't know. You know, I was in a, a lift earlier today and I asked this dude, hey, how are you doing? You know, it's just the standard American small greeting. talk bullshit. Exactly. And he's just like, I think I'm okay. And I was just like, you think? And he's just like, yeah, no one knows for sure, do they? And I was just like, that's a really good point. Wow. Lift driver, Thanks. sage Jamaican man. <laughs> Five stars. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I guess I think I'm doing okay. What about you, Kate? You know, not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. Grand scheme of things, not too bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I just moved into a new apartment. We are recording out of a new room. Yeah. It's still Kate's room. <laughs> still my room. Still the same stuff. Yeah, but everything's like in different places and it looks very nice. New chi. New new energy. New yeah. roommate. You have a... New plant. A media credenza. Dude. So when you I You have move, a closet? I do. Oh my God. I have a closet <laughs> for the first time in seven years. Yo. I Congrats. haven't had a closet... <laughs> Since sophomore year of college. Because <laughs> after that, I had like that Ikea wardrobe bullshit. I had uh, an Ikea Stolman system that I had to fucking build myself. And by build myself, I mean I made Kyle do it. And I watched Thanks, and helped. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it basically meant that like I was looking at my clothes all the time. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. my clothes are put the fuck away. And it's amazing. Yay. I don't have to look at clothes. possessions out in the open god y'all who don't live in new york you don't know how lucky you have it having a closet yo kate has a kitchen island oh i do have a kitchen island that's like the best part of this apartment i think i was i was having a conversation with kevin yesterday uh so brian and lisa past guests are were visiting town and we were talking about like what our eventual like home goals were Mm -hmm. and i was just like we were talking about, like, the idea of micro-living and how there's, like, a new... You want to live in a tiny house? No, 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 no. Okay. So they were like, they were like, oh, isn't this a cool idea? We, why don't we just, like, buy these, like, little tiny compartments? And I'm like, I think I want to live in a place that's, like, kind of big. And Kevin was like, yeah, except kind of big, kind of big for Yoko is, like, a three-bedroom with a kitchen island. And I'm like, that's huge! Oh, my God. <laughs> Hi, I'm from New York City. Dude, you would have freaked out at this house I was at yesterday. So oh, yes. Like, Talk to me about this weekend, Kate. It was my friend Joelle's birthday. Happy Hi, birthday. Joelle. Happy birthday. Um, and so we went out to her boyfriend's parents' house in Hartsdale, New York. Hmm. And it was gorgeous. It was just the most caucastic house I've ever <laughs> been to. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine like the American dream just encapsulated in this home. Wow. It was massive. I want to say it was like a four bedroom house and it Damn. was like they had three sons. They had this like massive grand staircase, like floral wallpaper everywhere, like dark hardwood and dining table with like you know little dishes of candy and there was a sitting room where the furniture was too fancy to actually sit on but then there's like the living room where the massive tv is 
And then I'm the, just shaking my head. I know. And then like the son's rooms, because I stayed in uh, her boyfriend's brother's room. It was the most heterosexual bedroom <laughs> I have ever been in my entire life. And it was just still like my, my parents have erased any evidence of me ever having lived in my house. But <laughs> these kids' parents have not. Like it's like they first of all, there are two twin beds because he his younger brother shared a room. I see. And there's a fat head of Donovan McNabb, like, outside their room. And then on the inside, there's, like, signed autograph photos of Joe Namath and, like, footballs that have been signed by other oh people. God. And then, like, baseballs and, like, trophies and just sports, sports, sports <laughs> everywhere. I took a video of it. I have to show you later. America. Oh America. But yeah, it was just sort of, like, when you think of... An American house. Like, and then also they had this, like, massive backyard with a pool. Like, and the pool wasn't the whole backyard. It was, like, they had a pool, and then there were, like, like an acre of land that was just theirs. Uh, I mean, it was, like, one of those things where you're, like, wow, this family fucking made it. Yeah. That's the American dream? I know. And I bet, like, his parents are, like, I don't know, dentists. Like, it's just, like, not even (laughs) anything, like, super prestigious or anything, but it just... Very nice house. Very nice home. Dentist money is crazy, though. Old money. Yeah. Yo. <sighs> Can't wait till I move out of my one bedroom into a two bedroom. Dog. It and changes. it's going to cost me a half million dollars. It changes lives. Because <laughs> I just moved from living with uh, two other girls to just living with one other dude. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's nice to have fewer people to worry about. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I remember when I first moved into my own apartment. I it was a shitty apartment, mm-hmm. but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like the floors were uneven. My I didn't have a sink in my bathroom. Uh-huh. I had to walk out of my bathroom after I pee and walk into my kitchen sort of kitchen to wash my hands. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad, but it was my own place and that like made a huge difference. Yeah, hmm. being like the, I think I told I told you earlier this year, Yoko. I was like, this is gonna be the year that I live by myself. Yeah, and I was just like, set the intention. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And then my friend Troy was like, Hey, I'm looking for a roommate. And I was just like, I'd live with you. God, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, this apartment's so nice. So yeah, congrats. It's like it's just one of those things where the neighborhoods that you can afford to live in by yourself in New York are very limited. Yeah, and especially if you want to live somewhere safe yeah yeah and not like i was googling all these other apartments that i was looking at because i was fully intending to live by myself and yeah there was a lot of shady shit about like some of these other people and so anyways it feels nice to go through it with at least one other person before making the leap and i will eventually i think i hope but yeah you're gonna love it when it happens you're gonna love it i guarantee it Mm -hmm. so what else has been new with you yoko um, I watched Get Out. What did you think? I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I normally don't watch movies. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't guessed by now, I never watch movies. But one day, I was actually talking to my friend Lynn. Shout out to Lynn. What up, Lynn? She was like, you should really watch this movie. And she was probably the 10th person to tell me this after you, Kate, and a few mm-hmm. other people. And I was just like, I should really watch this movie. There's a cop car outside or something. So yeah, one day when Kevin was when Kevin had dinner plans, I just bought a movie and I watched it and it was really good. Yeah. And I Why was it good? 
So I I tend not to watch movies because I don't like the way it makes me feel and how they affect me afterward. I think I tend to like get really into the story mm-hmm. and I have trouble coming out of it. And this movie, it didn't make, it made me think more about like, it didn't make me think about the movie as much as just like life mm-hmm. in general and like the life that you, that a person might live if they're black, yeah. especially in a white dominated society. Dude. The house I was at this weekend looked like the get out house. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. When you were describing this house, I was just like, was it like the get out house? And I was just like, I'm just imagining a get out house. It was. It totally was. Yeah. Okay. And now I totally understand why you were like, we cannot talk about this until you've seen this movie. Yeah. Yo. Can we still talk about it? Is there a statute of limitations for our listeners? It has been months (laughs) since that movie came out. If you haven't seen it. This is your warning to stop I've listening. seen it. Okay. Yoko has seen it. So if you haven't seen it, come on. Yo, I thought at the, like the entire time you're going through it, you're like, okay, these microaggressions are packing up, packing up, like stacking up on top of each other. You're yeah. like, what are they actually getting at? Yeah. And then you find out that, that they, they're sizing them up. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Mm-hmm. And it like, oh my God. it They're sizing them up for auction that was the fucked up part yeah that was so oh my god the whole the scene the auction scene i was just like what is going on yeah it took me a while to figure that out until like after it had happened i was like oh my god they were bidding on him yeah to be him yeah yeah and the entire time i thought that like (laughs) that the girlfriend was like innocent and like not in on it and of course she's like the fucking epicenter of the whole thing yeah oh my god and then the ending Mm -hmm. yo at the the end when she's all fucking bloody the cop car shows up i'm like oh my god he's gonna fucking get arrested this is so typical they're gonna believe this fucking bloody ass white girl who's yelling help me yeah and then it turns out to be the friend and you're like oh thank fucking jesus yeah that's like i remember listening to i think it was still processing where they talk about the ending and they were like you think the the ending that everyone is scared of is different from the one that like you might be scared of if you're black. Yeah. Like, and I was just, I did not understand what that meant until, until like, until that cop car was pulling up and mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit. And then like, you know, you read about it afterward, obviously, cause you're like, oh my God, what the fuck was that movie? That was amazing. Yeah. And then they're like, they had an alternate ending and you're like, oh my God, I know what the alternate ending is. Yeah. The alternate ending, <laughs> I genuinely thought that that was going to be the ending. Right? Me too! And, and I think that, like, Jordan Peele even said, like, that was the original intention because it was like, now he's never getting out. Yeah. But they were like, you know, in light of, like, what happens, uh, or in light of, like, what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter and people are still getting fucking massacred by the police for no reason, Jordan Peele was like, we need a hero in this movie and that's the derpy best friend. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rod. Roy? Rod? Roy? Rod? I don't know. Ron? I don't know. One of those. Our yeah. names. He was cool. So that was a good movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What else? How about you? What's been going on with you, Kate? I just saw Kendrick Lamar. Oh my god, yes! It was... Kendrick Lamar is an extremely talented 
artist and rapper. And Travis Scott opened for him. I fucking love Travis Scott. His music is like... It's trap as hell. Yeah, <laughs> but also it just like... It, some of it is just like weird impregnation music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like listen to the music and you're like, I'm pregnant now. <laughs> I don't know. Travis Scott's so hot right now. So hot, in fact, that fucking Kylie Jenner's dating him. Jesus Christ. Oh, why really? do I know that? Anyways, <laughs> these are these are things that you find out about people. And it was like a really fun show. Travis Scott did his entire set on the back of a robotic eagle. <laughs> oh, I was... I saw that Insta story. I'm like, what is happening here? It kind of looked like a, I don't know, like a Gundam or like Mothra from Godzilla or something. Mothra. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's an eagle. Anyways. But the one thing that I've been sort of mulling over in my mind the entire time was, and if you plan on seeing Kendrick Lamar in concert, this is where you turn this section off because I'm going to tell you exactly what it's like. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's it's a two-hour live action kung fu movie concert yeah wow. the opening is like a throwback to 1970s kung fu movies kendrick lamar comes out in like a bruce lee enter the dragon yellow jumpsuit and there's mm-hmm. like kung fu dancers throughout the whole show there's like movies when he's changing outfits that are like in cantonese and have subtitles and they're like training Kendrick Lamar like in Kung Fu because he's known as Kung Fu Kenny. And I don't really know how to feel about it because I don't know, man. I just felt like it was like a lot of cultural appropriation. Weird. It was really weird, but it's just, it harkens back to this, his nickname, which is Kung Fu Kenny. And that nickname I found out after some heavy Googling was... (laughs) So I found out that Kendrick Lamar's nickname was Kung Fu Kenny because of Don Cheadle's character in Rush Hour 2, which is hilarious. Yeah, also I love Rush Hour 2. Right? And that's why I feel so conflicted. I'm like, I fucking love Rush Hour 2. But yeah, I, I don't really know, man. I mean, it was just like one of those things where I was like, is this preventing me from enjoying myself right now? Kind of. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Because when you look at the audience, the audience is, like, really mixed. It was like, I want to say probably the biggest population there was white. This is at the Barclays Center. It was, like, a relatively expensive concert. My tickets were $150, and they were in the rafters. Mm -hmm. And the kids sitting next to us were, like, these 16-year-old white kids, which was adorable. They, like, knew all the lyrics to every song. God, I hope they didn't say the N-word. Uh, I caught some like mumbles in there, but I I think, well, I went with Bernard, my friend from work, who's black. And I was like demanded to switch seats with him because this white boy next to me went in so hard that I got elbowed in the shoulder. And I was like, yeah, we're going to switch now. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I think they calmed down after we moved. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, it's definitely not like a majority Asian audience. There were Asian people like sitting near us and I kind of wanted to be like, yo, what the, like, what is, can we talk about, can we talk about this? What is happening right now? It's weird because I, so I saw your Insta story. I forget if you sent it to me or if it, it was a story. If Mm -hmm. it was a story, um, of just like Chinese uh, characters, Chinese characters on, in the background. And I just, I, looked up what it meant and it says mask off it's because he was rapping to mask off yeah Mm -hmm. and i was just like okay like why though why though yeah but now that you it's weird because 
now that you say like that's the theme throughout the whole the concert, whole concert. And there, there, there seems to be a precedent. It seems more acceptable. I don't know, but I still feel weird about it. Is that acceptable? I mean, it's just like one of those things where you're like, okay, you're just allowed to make a kung fu themed concert when you're not Asian, because Bruce Lee is like an iconic figure in pop culture. It's like something that I'm still wrapping my head around, right? Like, because yeah. I don't. I don't think that it was wrong or anything, and I thought that Kendrick was an amazing performer. But, like, I don't know, thinking back to, like, other concerts that I've been to, like, Beyonce or other things like that, like, it really wasn't, like, a performance-heavy concert. But the Mm -hmm. aspects of it that were performative were, like, heavily Chinese-influenced. I don't know how I... Yeah, I still... I don't know how to feel about that. Because... Is it... Yeah, I don't know. know. Let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second. So I watch Vice News and Vice News recently featured this band called Higher Brothers Mm -hmm. and they're this Chinese rap group from mainland China and they're very much like appropriating black culture you know what I mean and the person that goes over there to interview them is like hey do you think that you know you putting on dreads and you know dressing in like Adidas tracksuits and like rapping with this certain style is like you know, stealing from black culture. And this dude's rationale was, hey, man, it's a different world. Like, we have access to each other. You know, people steal from us. We steal from them. Nobody's, nobody can own anything anymore. Like, that was his rationale for appropriating black culture. And I don't know how I feel about that either. I'm just like, wow, I'm like looking at two two ends of this spectrum, right? Yeah, <laughs> that are I borrowing from each other. And I'm like, what is going on here? Because I think there's like... If you were to ask Kendrick Lamar, he might say, like, oh, yeah, I'm paying homage to someone I admire or whatever. And it definitely wasn't, like, offensive. Like, he wasn't, like, ching-chonging his way through this concert or anything. But I was just like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I don't... When I see stuff like that, I... I, Because I I see versions of this, I don't know, in, like, a Nicki Minaj video where she's in, like, a kimono. And, like, that feels more weird than what Kendrick Lamar's thing was. Right. Because, like... Maybe I'm especially sensitive to, like, the sexualization and fetishization of Asian women. Right. But, like, the I, the idea of, like, the martial art movie being, like, aspirational, like, feels cool to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if it is some sort of, like, appropriation, is it, it's, like, appropriation versus appreciation. Right. Right. And you're like, which is it? Is it okay? Is I, it appreciative enough I think to make it, it okay? I think it was appreciative enough. It was... But I have to admit that in that moment, as you're watching it, you're, you're like, thinking, how am I supposed to feel about this? Yeah. And, like, I could tell that, like, Bernard, my friend who took me, was just like, yo, I wonder what she's thinking right now. And he's, like, <laughs> and he's like, I bet you some people here are mad offended, right? And I was like, yeah, some people... Maybe me? I don't Am know. Am I among them? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's weird because I'm... Because like, I'm also not Chinese. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, huh. I wonder, like, there are, there are cases where you just, like, you'll you go to a concert like this and then, like, afterward you'll... If, if I were there, I would go home and be like, who's a creative director? Like, mm-hmm. how did this idea come about? Like, did they consult anybody who actually knows anything about movies like this or, like, the art? Of that, of like Bruce Lee and his, 
I mean, skills. Like I've seen some Bruce Lee movies, and it was very reminiscent of them. It wasn't like a cheap parody by any means. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to surface that in this medium that I have available. That I don't know how to feel about it. It's talking about it, I still don't know how to feel about it. I'm definitely not like offended, but it like made me think. Yeah, I mean, know? I I I think I'm trying to rationalize or like. I think I'm trying to rationalize or make, or on the other end, another way of saying it is like make excuses on behalf of Kendrick. Right. Like I, I want to like empathize or like put yourself in that person's shoes. Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. And like Kendrick seems like a woke enough human that he would understand if something, if he were doing something that is like, or at least someone in his circle would be like, that's kind of appropriation. Right. You know? So like, I want to think that it's good. Like I'm ready to rationalize i don't know mm-hmm. maybe uh, I should now sub- i'm gonna have to go and like read some stupid medium article about it <laughs> i might submit a question to yo is this racist which by hey. the way it's a very interesting podcast for those of you who haven't listened to it yet yeah andrew t just fields a bunch of questions that are like anywhere along the lines of um hey if i'm not black and i use black emojis is that racist <laughs> i'm just like oh damn i never really thought about that before right or just like oh, my family has a crash or like a nativity scene that they mm-hmm. got from the war times and it's like an Asian nativity scene and Whoa. Jesus is Japanese. And you're just like, Japanese Jesus, is that racist? <laughs> or there, there's things like, oh, a ghetto party at a college. Is that racist? I mean, right? <laughs> just like, I feel like 90% of the time the answer is, yeah, that's fucking racist. I, I think that the, quite, the podcast should more likely be named Yo, Yo, this they... is racist. <laughs> <laughs> just True. switch the two words. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I might, I might put that in there because I'm just like, ah, homage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Right, because if you think about like Quentin Tarantino movies, like they do the same thing, right? You yeah. Know, white girl dressing up like Bruce Lee going to Japan. Um, God, and I love that movie, too. I fucking love Kill Bill. You know, yeah. I just feel like there are some things that are done really well that do pay homage. Like, to me, Kill Bill, like, was a really nice homage to, like, kung fu and martial arts movies. Yeah, like, and I thought the story was really good. I thought the direction was really well done. Yeah. I mean, the other side of that coin is, to like, Quentin Tarantino, I think, is kind of a kind of a jerk right yeah so like that also colors that a little bit but yeah totally it's like if you think of it as like a straight up homage like from a cinematic standpoint there's so many like some of the ways the scenes are shot or like composed it's like very reminiscent of like classic japanese like samurai movies Mm -hmm. (sighs) dude i was listening to this uh podcast I was in Code Switch. And yeah, you were. I, I told you about this earlier this mm-hmm, week, and we were. And these two girls uh, who were their guests on Code Switch this week were talking about: um, Can black people appropriate African culture? Yeah. And they were specifically talking about Afropunk, which is this like really popular concert that happens in Brooklyn. It's like all black artists. It's really good, like hip hop, R and B. I went last year saw Janelle Monet. I saw, I wanted to see the internet. I missed them, but I saw, um, Joe Kay from Selection. I saw Sango. Who else? Kamau, who is now super famous from being on like the Insecure soundtrack. Sanabo Say. Anyways, it's a really good concert and pretty much like the entire, just imagine the music festival. It's a two day music festival and everyone there is black. Like pretty much everyone. Like 
the majority of the audience is black and they're all dressed in like their best clothes and a lot of them happen to be african inspired and there's a lot of like african face paint and things that are like a shout out or like a nod to like orishas the only reason why i even had any sort of context for that was because lemonade had come out earlier in the Mm -hmm. year and beyonce was like you know rocking the white face makeup yeah i don't know exactly the origin of where these gods come from because i'm not even 100 percent sure if it's Africa. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, this one guy, Laulu, La- I don't know how to pronounce his name, was like drawing on people like this makeup and this style. Yeah. And they interviewed all these like um, concert attendants that were just like, hey, you know, why don't you tell me like what you're wearing? And they're like, oh, it's a tribal garb from Africa. And Africa is just, first of all, it's a massive continent, right? right. And this girl on the podcast, The Stoop, was just like, yeah, but this is like a Ghanaian headdress and like a Sudanese necklace and Ethiopian makeup, you know, and it's all like, like from different tribes and you're mixing it all together, right? Is that appropriation? Yeah. Sometimes I've definitely felt that way about, I don't know, wearing like yukata in public, but it's just sort of like, I know the context of like why someone would wear that. I'm not just wearing it to wear it. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I think, so I also listened to that episode or like a, the code switch, like read playing of it. Mm-hmm. And I, the, takeaway that i got was like did you do your research yeah and i think that's the difference between like is it a pre- appreciation or appropriation or that's like one like way to assess that mm-hmm. and i guess that when it comes to like the kendrick concert like my my inclination is to be like okay so what was the thinking behind it like right. how did yeah was there research involved was there like a, a period during which you like evaluate like what the landscape was like and how that like how would you be able to explain yourself if someone asked you Mm -hmm. you know and I feel like I I guess I don't I don't know the answer Mm -hmm. for I mean the Kendrick concert I wasn't there yeah and yeah it felt research it didn't feel it didn't feel poor like in poor taste yeah you know what I mean but it was definitely like okay cool this is like a black dude with a bunch of like ninjas fighting around him right now and that was the one weird part where i was like okay ninjas are japanese oh there were ninjas yeah i was like they're not chinese but there was like choreographed fight scenes happening and i was just like okay like trying to understand like why this was happening yeah now that i think about it this also reminds me of like and a similar question around like is this this is this another one of those appreciation appropriation things is like do you know the dance group Kinjas? Yeah. So I think we talked about this. Kinjas is just a bunch of Asian dudes. Not actually, not all of them are Asian. There's there's a couple not Asian. It's majority people. Asian. Majority though. Asian. All men, uh, like taking, in like taking bits of like ninja quote culture unquote i don't know all of the imagery is like ninjas and naruto and like tigers and like character like chinese characters and swords and shit Mm -hmm. and like they make dance out of that right and it's very asian inspired it's very asian inspired and influenced and i'm like is that appropriation i don't know they're all asian american right uh i don't know i think there's some people who might just be straight up from asia yeah somewhere in asia Mm -hmm. uh i don't know for sure but like yeah, like, is that, that's definitely just, like, an amalgam of a bunch of different cultures mm-hmm. that they just kind of, like, package up into, like, kinjas. Yeah. And for it's conflicting for me because I think it's so cool, mm-hmm. but is it, is that also bad? I don't know! <laughs> See, so, it, it feels less researched than maybe, like, a, like, a, 
maybe what Kendrick did. I don't know, man. I mean, like, when we watched that dance routine that you showed me where, like, the dude is, like, dressed up like Raiden and, like, the, you know, shoji screens are, like, sliding in and out the foreground and the background, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, this is Asian people doing cool shit that is an Asian theme. And the first thing that I thought was, yo, are white people watching this, like, getting a lot of stereotypes validated right now? Like, or is it cool because they're Asian and they're doing it and they're like, we're the only ones that can do this? Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. And now that they're on, like, World of Dance, which is, like, an NBC show, and, like, now I'm worried that... Like, is that their shtick? Is every single routine Asian-themed? It's not... They'll, they'll play it up or down, mm-hmm. but, like, they always have, like, the masks on, the, like, their clothes are, like, very heavily inspired by, like, ninja or samurai wear. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, like, street style, mm-hmm. but it's, like, a mix of street style and, like, some, like, an amalgam of Asian, like, culture. Mm-hmm. And... Do you think at one point, like, we will just be one, as the world, one amalgam yeah, of, of each other? Probably, but, like... That just seems so far away. I know, right? But maybe maybe these artists are trying to get us there faster. Maybe. You know, or trying to make us like think a little bit less hard about it and just appreciate the art. Just or appreciate it and not worry about like whose it is or who has the right to do X or who has the right to do Y. But I don't know, it's just something that I'm always very cognizant of, you know what I mean? Like I see, you know, we work at Etsy. And there are cool things that are like trending or you'll see see cool things from, you know, different vendors, different makers and stuff like that. And this one, I I follow this one maker who does these beautiful African print skirts and dresses. And I'm just like, wow, I can really appreciate how beautiful that is. I am never going to buy one of these and wear it. You know what I mean? It's Mm. just like, this isn't for me. And I don't want anyone to question whether or not I have the right to wear something like this. So I'm not going to buy it. But I think it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. There are some cases where it's just like, basically, I feel like if white people do it, it's appropriation. Hmm. Is that like kind of racist? Maybe. Well, but- <laughs> that's, the, that's what they were saying on this uh, Code Switch episode, too. They're like, you know, white people aren't the only people that can appropriate things, right? Yeah. I mean, look at Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is black, right? Yeah. You know? and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so confusing. Just, yeah. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, I don't know the answer. There I, is no, like, one there is answer. No answer. It's just like, this is the kind of thing that I think about now, right? Yeah. I think the just the fact that, like, you hesitate a little bit before just blindly being like, oh, okay, cool, I think it's cool, so I can just wear this without, like, any sort of consideration is, I think, a good thing, right? Yeah. Like, taking a second to, like, stop and, like, contemplate, like, the cultural significance of something before putting it on your body and yeah. claiming it as your own. Yeah. It's something that we should all do. But, like, whose permission do you need at the end of the day? Who who should Kendrick have asked before Yeah, and there's an that answer for there's that either. There's an answer for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no Jesse Jackson of Asian culture. <laughs> <laughs> or is there? I don't know. It's us, Kate! <laughs> no! I don't want that responsibility! <laughs> I don't know, man. When someone says some, like, fuck shit about Asians, like, who do they go apologize to? I don't know. I don't know, right? Because usually it's, like... It, Someone said something like remotely racist about black people. It's like Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson, right? But I guess I don't know. Do yeah. people apologize to Asian people? I don't know. I feel like we're doing all the apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, dang. But, yeah. Oh, wow. How did we just talked about appropriation for like 25 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Rousing conversation. Um, should we even talk about model minorities right now? I don't know. Let's talk about your model minority. Who's your model minority? My model minority is a young woman named Liza Koshi. She is a YouTube star. I made you watch some of her videos the last time I was at your place. She's Asian? She's half Indian. Oh. Yeah. What's the other half? She looks very She's racially white. ambiguous. Gotcha. <laughs> um... She's like 21 and has she's so 10. Funny. She's so funny. She's so fucking weird. Yeah. In a way that I just love. Um, and she's 21. She's in Houston. She has 10 million YouTube followers. Mm-hmm. And I'm just. Every time I see like YouTube stars who are super famous, have millions of followers, and they're not white, I'm just like. What is it like to be growing up right now as a not white person to like see people who might look like you a little bit mm-hmm. and With this like big of a following? Yeah, and to have that sort of clout. Like, what is that like? I don't know. Yeah. I only had fucking Christy Yamaguchi and she, <laughs> there, I didn't know of anybody else who was like that when yeah. I was growing up. And now it's, it's not just Liza, there's like other people who are not white who are like YouTube famous. Dude. You want to hear a funny story? You, if you tell me you know Liza Koshy, I'm going to scream. No. <laughs> just like, you know, like Asian YouTube is real strong, right? Yeah. So do you know Niga Higa? Ryan yeah. Higa? Yeah. Um, my cousin's best friend, they're growing up in Marin County, which is a suburb outside of San Francisco. It's very white. Yeah. This best friend is white. Fucking loves Ryan Higa. Like, is obsessed with him. Amazing. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is like, oh, damn, the tides are changing when yeah. this, like, 16-year-old white girl is obsessed with this Asian guy, you know? Yeah, like, there's there's something so cool about that. It doesn't, like, I don't care. Even if Liza Koshy weren't that funny, which she is, you, oh, my God, like, abs- it's like absurdist humor, and it's so wild <laughs> and crazy, and exactly my brand. Um, just the fact that, a, a brown girl has so many followers on YouTube. I'm just like, ah, oh, that's so cool. <sighs> yeah, dude, monetize that weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> Get that money, girl. God. Yeah. I So, Liza, I mean, I feel like I don't even need to explain who she is because she's so fucking famous. But yeah, good job. I don't know if you need validation from someone like me, but damn, her videos are so good. So good. Yeah. Coming at ya. <laughs> yeah, she's so great. Anyway, who's your model minority, Kay? My model minority is also Indian. Oh, what's up? Yeah, uh, it's Shankar Vedantan. Hey! hey! Hidden Brain! Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Dude, I love Hidden Brain. That's yeah. one of my favorite podcasts. Like, it's so well done, and it's because of Shankar, man. Yeah. Like, goes in real hard. He's like a social scientist, and I feel like a lot of his subject matter that he covers on Hidden Brain is like about race, which I really, really like mm-hmm. for... I don't know, some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that <laughs> subject matter seems to uh, resonate well with me. <laughs> but uh, he, I don't know, he's just, he's got a lot of respect, and he d- covers stories really well, and I really appreciate that he has, like, a little bit of an accent, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just legit. Yeah. And he's funny, and he's clever, and he really is forcing, like, a lot of, like... <laughs> NPR is very white. Like, yeah. it's, he's just forcing that audience to make all these considerations that they definitely haven't before. Yeah. So, keep doing it, Shankar. More Asians in media! Yeah, yes! He's from Bangalore. Oh, Bengaluru. Cool. Nice. I want him to, like, be my uncle. 
Uncle, Uncle Van Damme. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't usually say uncle last name. <laughs> you know what's Never really mind. funny, though, is that, like, the way that he said his name, I thought it was Sean Carvedonton. <laughs> like, I was like... He just says it, like, really fast. Yeah, or he's probably saying it the way that it's supposed to be pronounced, and I'm just, like, putting, like, a white person's, like, understanding <laughs> okay, of what Sean. he said. Okay, Sean. <laughs> yeah, tell me about race. <laughs> We did it. We did it. We made it to the end of this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Yoko, where can people find you on the internet? You can find, well. <laughs> Are you taking a break from the internet? Kind of. Ooh. You can find me on the internet at PSYOKO on Instagram. Boom. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. No Twitter? Mm, I mean, you could follow me on Twitter, but I'm not doing anything there right now. Mm, scrolling and judging? Yeah. Or not even? No. Not even. Didn't I tell you? I unfollowed everyone I follow on Twitter. Everyone? Everyone. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Even the podcast? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I Why'd just you... realized that. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> By the way, if you're on Twitter, we need followers. So um, we just lost <laughs> okay, one. Okay, I'll go back confirmed. and follow. Sorry. <laughs> Not even the co-host of this podcast follows this goddamn podcast. I need to fix that. It's okay. Um, um, we only tweet out when episodes drop. So. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so everyone. Everyone. Why? Um, this it's not rational, but it was you just, just a clean like, slate. Clean slate. I was like so there was a point where I was going through my Twitter feed and I just realized that it wasn't even people I was following. It was people it was like tweets that my followers liked. Or like retweets. I and fucking I'm just hate like, Twitter's algorithm, man. Yeah. It's and never showing me things I want to read about. Yeah, and I and I just feel like whatever direction the algorithm is trying to take me in. I'm just like, I just want to read what my friends are saying. And I just don't necessarily like want to read anything else. Mm. So, but then I guess what the thing that doesn't make sense is my next thought was, I'm just going to unfollow everybody, which, um, which I think I just kind of did that to prevent me from reading Twitter. Mm. Uh, cause I was taking a little bit of a break. Damn. So follow Yoko on Instagram. Yeah. Yoko. <laughs> Kate, where can people find you on the internet? I don't really tweet that much either, come to think of it. Yeah. But I'm pretty active on the gram, so at C-M-Y-K-A-Y-T-O-E. I almost forgot how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You say it every time you talk know. about this podcast. God damn it. <laughs> at C-M-Y Kato. You can see me. You can see me uh, retweet other people. <laughs> retweet other people and uh, like other people's tweets. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I guess if you want to follow the podcast, if you should follow the podcast like me, it's at SWAYF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and SoundCloud. And our website is swayfpodcast.com. Yeah, enjoy SoundCloud while it's still around. I've heard that that might not last for much Ooh, longer. Oh, burn. Yeah, yeah, we should find another venue for that, maybe. Yeah. We're also on iTunes. Yeah, we so. are on iTunes, <laughs> which is the more most legit one and where we get majority of our listenership anyway. So is it that sounds right? like, yeah. Oh, it sounds like cool. y'all found us on iTunes. Thanks. It doesn't seem to be a problem. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks. Oh, um, I wanted to shout out someone that, like, alerted Jomni son of our existence. Yo! <laughs> Past model minority Jomni son, please come and hang out with us. We love you. Oh, it was Sarah. Yeah, Sarah who? I forget. 
I don't know what her last name is, but Sarah is a friend of a friend who listens to the podcast. Oh. And she was like, so glad that Swave Podcast helped me find Jomney's son. And then he responded with an exclamation point, and that's all I needed to have my day made. Yep. Validated. <laughs> Jomney's totally. son knows that we cited him as a model minority on our podcast. I hope he knows what that means. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. You're famous. It was Sarah Bradford. Yes. Thanks, Sarah. So, shout out at Sarah Responda. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.